What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Aaron X. Welcome back to the Wrestle Plug. If you fancy it, we're going to try and ramp up the YouTube content again because we've been really quiet for the last three weeks. So if you want to check out the matches via YouTube, you can. You can see my face, a few little cheeky highlights that are thrown in for good measure as well. And we'll break it down into separate videos for each match as well. So you don't feel like you have to listen to everything because let's be honest, nobody gives a fucking shit about a kickoff show. But for some ungodly reason, if there is, uh, you know, a inkling to check out that match, then you can do so. So go to the YouTube channel if you just want to check out selected matches or indeed skip forward if you listen to this via audio. Nobody cares about it, but there was a kickoff and it was between the two mid-card champions. The United States champion, Damian Priest, took on the Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, who I've been saying for the best part of four years now, he's not very good. He's very boring. Um, you know, a great wrestler, obviously, great athlete, but nobody fucking cares. If you really cared about Shinsuke Nakamura, you would have all got behind him. You would have had record merch sales. The problem is that the Smarks think, ah, oh, Shinsuke Nakamura, he's from New Japan. He's an amazing wrestler, so I need to make sure I root for him. But the problem is the Smarks make up actually quite a small demographic of people who watch WWE long-term nowadays. Um, yeah, sure, you've got plenty of Smarks in a building like this. Of course you are, Brooklyn, New York. You know, the fans were shit, to be honest. Mexican waves and dumb fucking chants. I'll get into that, but they don't care about stuff like this. I think Shinsuke Nakamura has failed as a massive kind of experiment. He was a big deal in Japan. His work in WWE sucks. It's not all his fault. His booking hasn't been great. Damian Priest, on the other hand, has all the tools you would need. He's a little more charismatic. He can promo, um, looks better, just a bigger guy, like definitely a Vince McMahon guy. God damn, look at the size of that. Not really feeling Priest gimmick right now, though. The idea is he's kind of schizophrenic, you know, angels and demons sort of stuff. It's okay. It's not horrible, but it's not a home run. It very much feels like a, you know, maybe at best thrown out a second base kind of gimmick, if you get my analogy. So, yeah, and the match kind of was like that as well. You know, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't fantastic either. Um, Damien Priest uh, gets disqualified, which in retrospect, wouldn't be so bad if I hadn't seen what I did following on from that, because there was a lot of, you know, shit and bullshit and stupidity that went on through the night, and then there wasn't the payoff that everyone was kind of expecting as well at the end, so, um, and that was pretty much the running order for this match, was that, yeah, great, it's a match, and it's got a DQ finish, and why could you not have fucking put this on Raw and stop wasting everybody's time? It didn't work well as a warm-up. What does work very well is having the alleged main event go on first in a shuffle of sorts. Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch, you know, for the infinity of time. But there's a reason for that, because it's better than pretty much everything else they can put on. And once again, in my opinion, it proved it. I thought this was match of the night. I thought this was excellent. In terms of a combination of work, storytelling, characters, um, everything just felt very, very big time. Pun, you know, pun intended. I don't like Becky Lynch that much. I think she's good. I think she's really overrated. I think she's been forced down our throats a little bit. And I'm not really digging the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin cosplay. Because that's exactly what it is. She's ripping off a lot of his material. She's being fed it by WWE for whatever reason. But she is good. She's beautiful. She's very athletic. She's definitely become an even better wrestler. You can tell, you can tell she's put in the work since she became a mum, which is really cool. And this match was easily the best thing I've seen her do since she's come back. And once again, cemented why I think Charlotte Flair is one of the best wrestlers, period, in the world. 
and people saying, oh, she's a fucking bitch, blah, 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 blah. Good. Good. This is what people thought of their dad way, way back when. Look at this fucking asshole. He legitimately is rich. He's legitimately flashing his Rolex. You know, if dirt sheets had been prominent back then, they would have shit all over him too. This is the social media era. It is what it is. Um, but I thought this match was fucking phenomenal. An amazing opener. It should have been the main event because it was the only thing that really meant something. The problem with Survivor Series is it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, does it? Let's be real. Like, who's watching this and thinking, oh, the stakes are high between the brands. Who gets the most ratings? You know, Pat McAfee sold his ass off throughout the night, but you're not going to be able to sell this premise. You need to change it back. You need to have personal rivalries. You need to do away with the whole brand supremacy. If you want to have a brand split, that's fine. We get that blue and red and, you know, Fox and USA and all that shit. But don't fucking make pay-per-views so gimmicky. They've done this with all the other ones. All the pay-per-views feel like gimmicks now as opposed to legitimate, legitimate rivalries. And that's why you don't take it seriously. I'm not a huge fan of AEW or WWE anymore. But I will say one thing for AEW, at least when I have a rivalry, it is a rivalry. It's not just something that builds towards a pay-per-view. You know, you're not going to have a, a full gear match, are you? It's just the way it is. Great opener. Amazing. Becky Lynch won. Surprise. I mean, okay. I don't really see how that helps or benefits anybody. Um Charlotte Flair winning certainly want to help Diva, to be honest. I would have liked to have seen this as an opportunity for maybe somebody new or fresh. Maybe, you know, like a Liv Morgan or something to get involved or even uh, debut a new talent. Use a woman who maybe hasn't uh, been used yet who could be called up. You know, someone like a Raquel Gonzalez, for instance, would have been great here. She could have come down and destroyed both of them at the end and it would have really set a tone and made a, a real impression going forward, especially as she's no longer the um, NXT Women's Champion. But eh, it's what it is. For me, personally, match of the night. This is the match you want to go out of your way to watch. Whether you like Charlotte Flair or not, whether you like Becky Lynch or not, whether you're fed up with their rivalry or not, there is absolutely no you know, denying the fact that these women know how to put on high-caliber main event matches, and a lot of the talent on this show don't or aren't booked in a prominent position enough to do so. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, the first of these Survivor Series elimination matches. The men's, to be precise, um, Team SmackDown versus Team Raw. I've got to be honest, right? So I've got the list here. Uh, come on. So Team SmackDown is Drew McIntyre. Okay. Jeff Hardy. Uh, I don't hate Jeff Hardy, by the way. Just who gives a shit at this point? And to be fair, he was fantastic in this match, but I just don't care. Uh, King Woods, Happy Corbin, Sheamus. A lot of gimmicks. A lot of dumb stuff here. Raw, on the other hand, which ironically is a much worse TV show than SmackDown. Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Fury. You want to talk about a dream team of sorts. Um, and then, of course, they have to ruin it. So we don't get to see KO wrestle. He gets in an argument with Seth Rollins at the beginning of the match, and then he leaves and gets counted out. Why in God's name do we have so many ridiculous get-arounds and lazy booking rules so that we can have no disqualification and blah, 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 and triple threats and forth? but a five-on-five tag team match, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to enforce all the rules. What What is the fucking point? I know that that's been the case for a long time, but if anything, this is the match where you want to kind of do away with that shit. Kevin Owens leaves and gets counted out. He doesn't wrestle. That immediately leaves such a shit taste in my mouth because I'm not thinking, oh, Kevin Owens, you dastardly healed. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to boo you the next time I see you. I'm sitting there thinking as a punter, great, thanks. I didn't get to see one of the best wrestlers of my generation work even for a couple of minutes before he got eliminated properly. No, you just had him walk out. I mean, good for Kevin Owens, I guess. 
because he doesn't have to work and probably got paid to be at this show. But, you know, fuck that shit. After that, I've lost a lot of my intrigue and interest because he was kind of the main personality of this match. The other guys are all great wrestlers, but not big personalities for me, other than maybe Xavier Woods and Seth Rollins at a stretch, who I have to say I am digging now. Um, This match was okay. You know, it wasn't terrible by any means. There was plenty of good wrestling. But it also went on forever. Uh, let's have a look at the time sheet here. Like, yeah, see, 29 minutes. You know, almost half an hour. This was, by the way, the longest match of the night, easily. And I'm, I don't understand why it got so much time, especially when Kevin Owens gets eliminated before he even starts. Um, it took way too long to get to eliminations. Uh, you know, it was one of these things where it was like, oh, you can all go out there and just have as much stuff as you want. All get your shit in as much as you please. There was some shady, shady booking. So Kevin Owens is gone. At least we've got Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre to look forward to, right? The big meaty horses. Nah, double count out. What the fuck? You know, Team Raw. Booked by Team Raw, it would seem. A garbage match for booking. Horrible, horrible match for booking, which made it feel like much less of a big deal, much less of an important match. There's nothing on the line anyway other than bragging rights, and nobody gives a fuck about those. It just feels so disingenuous, as does the WWE product as a whole. And for me, this match was just a bit of a wet fart. Uh, Seth Rollins eventually overcomes Jeff Hardy, who, you know, was <clears throat> amazing, put in a hell of a shift. But, you know, I, I like Jeff Hardy, um, but I, I'm not bothered at this point. And it's not because, you know, I've never, you know, I've always loved him. When I was a kid, Jeff Hardy was incredible, but... This is, you know, I've seen the same thing for 25 years now. There isn't really anything different. He, he's not, a, he's never been a good promo. He never will be. Um, his style of wrestling, although pretty daredevil in its time, is actually kind of low rent now because you see all this ridiculously stupid over-the-top bullshit, particularly if you watch a Young Bugs match. So, you know, I, whatever. Seth Rollins wins, which is good, I suppose. Maybe that's building to him versus Edge in another match. It's very strange. Edge beat him in the Hell in a Cell ever since Seth Rollins has gone on to be the most prominent talent. You know, he's going to challenge Big E. He's going to be, I don't know, the kind of next big number one contender of Raw for a while. Um, Whatever. SmackDown came out of this looking a bit pants and a bit cheap. Um, Yeah, no. You know, as far as like... Mission accomplished? Absolutely not. Thought this was pretty poor. This is going to be one of the more forgettable Survivor Series matches of all time. Then they had this battle roar, the Rock's 25th anniversary. <laughs> I love the fact that they were teasing the Rock all night. They were showing all of his highlights. You know, it's been 25 years. Look at his debut at Survivor Series. Look at him winning his first title. Look at him, you know, winning his next title. Look at him winning the Rumble. All these big highlights. And okay. Whatever. So they have the Rock's 25th anniversary battle royal. It was a battle royal. It was okay. It was nothing special. It comes down to Omos and Ricochet, and Omos was. And by the way, I have to call out. I've seen some people, friends included, saying, "Oh, Ricochet should have won here. He should have eliminated Omos. They missed a massive opportunity." Absolutely fucking not. That'd be ridiculous. Omos is like what seven foot two, seven foot three, humongous, jacked, you know, monster. How? shit a precedent does it set you know if you're going to have him eliminated he had to be eliminated by like 15 20 guys early doors and instead you know as it went on i thought well he's clearly going to win this 
okay, it would have been a cool moment if Ricochet had dumped him over. But, you know, he's barely been ever taken off his feet, ever. So why would someone like Ricochet eliminate him, albeit someone who's doing quite well on the SmackDown brands? Doesn't make sense to me. I'm glad Omos won from a sensibility standpoint because he should win a match like this. It's just that nobody really fucking cares. And he's still green as shit. You know, having AJ Styles next to you is a good thing. But, you know, AJ Styles, it's getting to the point now where I feel like AJ Styles' stock is falling because he's spending so much time fucking around with this Omos project and not actually out there having, you know, the best matches of the night as he always does normally. So... Whatever, Homos wins the Battle Royal and life goes on. And again, it's another average match that nobody really cares about. RK Bro took on the Usos. There are no titles on the line. This was definitely one of the best wrestling matches of the night. But again, they, I'm not, you know, I like RK Bro and they're definitely over as a tag team. I still feel that, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I still feel traditionally that. Uh, tag teams should be proper tag teams, and they're not still a proper tag team. And the reason I say that is not because they work don't work well as, as a tag team, because they do. It's a very kind of contradictory one, but say, but the reality is they still look like two singles guys that are hanging around with each other. Whereas the Usos look like the perfect gelled unit. They beat the Usos, which is cool. You know, I'm pleased for Randy Orton, by the way. Congratulations. More pay-per-view matches than anyone else in WWE history. That's fucking incredible. I don't think people realize how much of a big deal that is. Problem is, it wasn't a match that really meant something, which is a shame. Um, no tag titles on the line, obviously, because of brands and stuff. And again, that's why, you know, it's fun. It's great that you got to see this match. But again, this is, for me, it kind of feels like a main event of Raw or a big opener for SmackDown. It doesn't really feel like a massive deal. I don't know why that is, because the Usos, in my opinion, are the best tag team in the world. But um, it was enjoyable. It was an excellent... Uh, example of how good tag team wrestling can be even though only one of them is really a tag team but at the same time like I say it's a match that I don't really care about some nice spots in it Randy Orton gets his obligatory you know crazy RKO it's so obvious by the way they work the cameras now I've clocked on to this it was kind of fun and refreshing at first they do the whole kind of you know uh, almost dash cam following it um, so you would only see, so you wouldn't know. So if you're watching it from home, you're thinking, oh, okay, cool. He's just going up top. I imagine if you're in the crowd, it's kind of ruined a bit because you must know that Orton's coming. You can see him kind of looking around, waiting for his moment. And then, of course, you know, he comes out of nowhere. See what they, they, they take things too literally. They take things way too literally. Like we know that um, Randy Orton is out of nowhere with the RKO, but they beat it into you so much that you... I don't know. It just doesn't feel that enjoyable. And that has been a gradual decline for me, probably ever since the Evan Bourne RKO. Um, I feel like the Seth Rollins one at WrestleMania 31 was incredible, but you know, it just feels like they're desperately trying to shoehorn it in. They're desperately trying to build towards it now to a point where it just comes across again as disingenuous. Penultimate match in the night, the Women's Survivor Series tag match. I thought this match was fine. Um, however, the crowd had to fucking ruin it because they're cool. Can I just say this? If you're, why are you paying money? Who's the fucking moron here, right? You've paid all this money to go and watch Survivor Series. You start doing a Mexican wave during women's wrestling, which makes you look like a fucking twat anyway, because only fucking losers do the Mexican wave. That's pathetic. Losers and kids, mate. It's the only people who should be doing 
Mexican waves. It's embarrassing. What the Mexican wave is, is essentially an admission that you're not having a good time, that you're trying to get yourself over. It's unnecessary. It's boring. You look like a fucking twat. You do. You look like a tool. Then they start chanting CM Punk. Go to AEW then. It's not like he's... It's not like he ain't back now. <laughs> this, this shows how fucking stupid overall wrestling fans are. You must be really fucking thick if you think this is cool. Like, oh, CM Punk! He'll come back. He already is back. He's in AEW. Go and pay your money to go watch AEW, surely, if that's a big deal to you. Like, if that's really a big thing for you, do you want a chance? And you saw, like, a lot of people in the crowd react really angrily towards it, as if to say, what the fuck? Why are you here? This is the problem. You know, it's not entirely their fault in the sense of they're given a product which they're not really meant to care about. It's hard to care about what's in front of you in WWE a lot of the time. So I understand why they might want to act up slow. There are different ways of showing your displeasure of booking or whatever. And this match was going along fine. These women were working really hard. And all the people out there saying, ah, you know, Liv Morgan deserves a push. Selena deserves a push. They're all out there, right? Working hard. And you're all shitting on it. So, of course, WWE is going to watch this. Vince McMahon is definitely going to see this. And he's going to be, well, okay, cool. The only people who got the crowd around a lot more because they've been booked to do so was Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Great. It's just a shame. Like Bianca Belair overcomes and becomes a sole survivor, you know, even though I think it was four on one <laughs> at the end and she still managed to win. She's a bit OTT, if you ask me, um, just because Shotzi and, you know, Sasha Banks kind of imploded and then, you know, they got involved with the other teammates. It's nice to see that Shotzi Blackheart is um, more of a big deal, I suppose. They're starting to push her. You know, she was the last person remaining for Team SmackDown as well, which is really cool. But again, okay, Bianca Belair's one, and I know they want to keep her, you know, fairly prevalent, but you can't just keep throwing her against Becky Lynch. It's going to be Becky versus Liv Morgan. Um, for me, Bianca Belair is probably the one good argument you could have for having a mid-card women's title in WWE. And they don't really have a big enough roster to do that. I mean, AEW certainly don't, but that's not stop them going for it. But I could see someone like, like Bianca Belair right now is one of those people who, you know, she should have a women's equivalent of the IC title, US title. She's not going to be the women's champion because she is quite good and she's quite special and very talented. And easily one of the best athletes i've ever seen in women's wrestling she's incredible from that standpoint but okay it's fairly inoffensive she wins which is good and i thought the match was fine fuck the fans fuck them they you know what they're just what are you gonna do that's the thing these idiots are willing to pay money to come and watch this and act like fucking buffoons still fuck them <laughs> simple as that go fuck yourselves brooklyn it's a fucking it's an absolute dick move and, you know, Charlton and CM Punk, when he's now back, wow, mental acumen. You're obviously lacking it, is what it is. And finally, the main event, Roman Reigns versus Big E. Fine, excellent. Big old meaty hosses slapping into each other. It probably would have got match of the night, but for me, I've seen Roman Reigns have much better matches, and I don't know if that maybe kind of slowed it down for me. Um, the whole thing was built around is The Rock going to turn up at the end? That's what everybody was waiting for. And you could just feel the apathy in the crowd when he doesn't turn up at the end because Roman Reigns wins, shock horror, because he's going to. Um, I, I don't think it would have hurt to have somebody interfere or something and have, you know, Big E win. 
you know, I think Big E needed that win a bit more. It's not essential, but it's getting to the point. I get it. We're being built. And I love Roman Reigns, by the way. I think he's hands down one of the most exciting things in all of wrestling. I would pay money to see this version of Roman Reigns, especially with Paul Heyman and the Usos, who are just the best in the world of what they do, especially. And I just, I must admit, even I was like, oh, fuck off. What was the point? Especially if The Rock's not coming down, which he didn't. You know, if The Rock had turned up, it would have been understandable. You're like, okay, fair enough. You're building to that. And that's going to be a huge moment. That's fine. And instead they were like, meh. <laughs> Just have Roman Reigns win. He celebrates. He leaves. Job done. Okay. Apathy. You know? Um, if I could sum up this pay-per-view in one word, it would be apathy. Average. Mediocre tolerable nothing exciting i couldn't use any superlatives to describe it that would really stand out especially after the women's match had come and gone i this match was fine but it was kind of very slow and Big E for me isn't a ring general singles wise like the other guys who have wrestled roman reigns you know he's wrestled edge and daniel bryan and kevin owens and they've all been world-class matches and that's because those guys are able to help him lay out something really special along with paul Heyman. There's no doubt that Roman Reigns is coming along nicely. And this match was absolutely fine. It was an excellent match. I'm sure Meltzer will give it two stars because it's Dave Meltzer in it and he's a fucking moron. <laughs> um, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good three and a half star match. I thought it was excellent. Uh, really, really good. Just not worthy of the position that it was in, which was the main event of what is supposed to be one of the big four pay-per-views, Survivor Series. And Survivor Series, for me, is one of the most watered-down and forgettable pieces of shit now. It just feels like such a publicity stunt. It doesn't feel like an actual pay-per-view. It doesn't feel like there's any real rivalries going. Um, and that's a shame, because I love both these guys, and it's a big deal when the Universal Champion and WWE Champion wrestle each other, but they made it fucking feel like it wasn't a big deal. And then Roman Reigns just wins so easily. In some ways, you just think, okay, cool. What was the point then? And we've got to wait till January the 1st now for a pay-per-view. There's nothing in December. There's no gimmick stuff or anything like that. They got a pay-per-view called Day One. All right. I mean, the only reason that you could use this is because, you you know, the bloodline. We the ones and down since day one-ish. It's about the only reason you would probably want to call it that, other than the fact it's on the 1st of January. Very cool for people like myself who get very depressed around the holiday period. Awesome. I can watch day one. That's a good way to, you know, bring in the new year and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. And that's kind of why I'm struggling to watch mainstream wrestling right now. Because it is just, eh. That's this is a sound effect for this whole baby. Eh. Meh. <laughs> like a sheep that's lost the will to live. like... <laughs> Okay, um, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. But that match was fine. It's worth watching. Just don't expect anything of Sharon. And that's kind of what I could say about Survivor Series as a whole. It was fine, but don't expect anything of Sharon. I'll leave it there. I've been Aaron X. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to catch more of what I'm up to, head to at Aaronix Design on social media, or you can head to at WrestlePlug as well. Although we're not very active at the moment because. Well, I don't know, just busy, isn't it? <laughs> Being ill, been busy, a lot of things going on. Been tough to kind of find the real time to settle down. And like I say, 
when you watch something like this, it doesn't really fill you with excitement and joy to carry on watching it and cover it regularly. So, you know, we'll try our best to get as much content as we can onto the YouTubes. We are definitely uh, pushing ahead with more interviews and stuff like that of that nature. So look forward to that. We'll have plenty of exclusive content, just not as much mainstream content, I don't think, until things pick up. But this is typical of WWE at the back end of the year. It always ends up being shit until we start the Royal Rumble again and then we pick up pace again. So expect it to be fairly quiet until January, ladies and gentlemen. And then once my birthday's out of the way, we'll get rolling again, won't we? Hopefully with a decent Royal Rumble. Uh, like I say, I'll be there next. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, I'll catch you soon for more content from the WrestleBlog. <laughs>